I'm gonna sing from June to May. Gonna write a new song each and every day. Open my mouth up, I got something to say. This wild and precious life. I'm gonna To what this world has for me With this wild and precious life I'm gonna run Sun gives me vitamin D I find joy In every place I see Fly so high Over green green trees And never come in Welcome to Wellsprings. I'm Chris Grappi and my pronouns are he and him. And it's my honor and blessing to be here today and serve as your worship leader. Each week when we gather, we, even when we gather at a distance, we light a chalice, not only as a symbol of our spiritual heritage as Unitarian Universalists, but also to call upon that divine spark within each of us, both emerging and eternal and to invite it consciously to be present within our own lives here and now. Today, I've asked Cooper and Hermione to come forward to light our chalice, and after they've done so, we will say the words together on the screen. We light our chalice to celebrate the path lit before us, the warmth of kindness that shines from within us, and the radiance of wisdom that is shared between us and never goes out. Good morning and welcome to this week's online service. Our mission here at Wellsprings is to be a community charged full with the charge of the soul. And I'd like to share with you what's charging my soul today. 
Now, the last few weeks have been tumultuous in our nation as we keep struggling with America's original sin of slavery and the long-lasting impacts it has had on all of us. And as a white man fathering a child who is brown, I have felt many things. It can feel overwhelming, oppressive, frightening, frustrating, and confusing. But one feeling emerged for me last week, a glimmer of hope. High schoolers in the school district where I live and work organized a very successful, non-violent, and well-attended protest march. Over 1,200 people marched down Lancaster Avenue from the Wayne train station to the Paoli train station. We blocked traffic, the westbound lane of Lancaster Ave, the entire two-plus hours. The students began organizing this over the weekend, and the march was held on Thursday. These are 16, 17, 18-year-olds. Think about that. They spoke with and convinced the police chiefs from three townships to not only support them, but to walk with them in the march. There are police cruisers in the front and at the rear of the march. People handed out water bottles voluntarily. Stores donated supplies. Now, it would have been very easy for the adults to push back, to think the worst, to do very much the opposite of what occurred. But that's not what happened. And so I feel some hope because this march to justice, it's not a straight line. It's made up of a lot of small steps taken by a lot of different people in many different ways. And this gives me hope and is charging me full today. So even though our community is gathering virtually now, there are many ways to stay connected and be in touch with us throughout the week. You can find phone numbers and email addresses for our ministers and staff, along with a lot of other information about us, on our website at www.wellspringsuu.org. You can connect with us on social media, too. Search Wellsprings Congregation on Facebook or Wellsprings Oasis to find our private Facebook group. On Twitter, we're at WellspringsUU. On Instagram, we're at Wellsprings Congregation. We also have an online caring book. Please take a look at the website or your email for more information. There's a link in the video description that you can click on to sign up for our weekly email newsletter. That's a great way to make sure you never miss any of our online offerings, such as programming for our kids, meditation, and drop-in hours with the ministers. And it goes without saying that anytime, but especially in these strange and difficult times, please reach out anywhere, anytime. There are a few announcements, and I'd like to highlight a couple. First, we have our annual congregation meeting today at 11 a.m. on Zoom. Please plan to join us. We'll have a series of reports, some Q&A, and the election of new board members. Second, Reverend Lee will be on vacation next week from Monday, June 15th to Tuesday, June 23rd. Please see the weekly email about support if needed. Our care team is available, and there is, if there is a need to speak with the minister, Reverend Fredericks of UU Delaware County is available for pastoral counseling. At Wellsprings, the foundation of everything we do is found in the power of connection, making space in our hearts and lives for each other. This is the part of our service where we honor that connection by greeting one another. 
Now, we may not be able to hug and shake hands, but there are plenty of ways to greet other Wellspringers for a few moments. If you're watching live on Sunday at 10, you can type a greeting into the chat window on the side of your screen. Or maybe it's that side. Maybe drop into the Wellsprings Oasis group on Facebook with a greeting. Or snap and take a share photo of yourself watching at home. Text a friend from church or make a plan to call them when service is over. Or you can please plan to join us at 11 for the Zoom congregational meeting. Take a few moments now to greet someone. I'm going to spend a few minutes in the Oasis group during service, and I look forward to connecting with you there. Thank you for sharing those warm greetings. I invite you now into our time of generosity, a time to reflect upon and express our gratitude for the role Wellsprings plays in our lives and in our wider world. Now, more than ever, if you feel the value of community in these times, we hope that you'll share a gift with us. If you have a smartphone handy, you can pick it up and text WSprings to 73256. You'll get a link that will help you complete a gift online. There's also a link to give online in the video description below. We can't thank you enough for your support in these times. Our offering will now be gratefully received. Just as we've taken the time to share the energy of connection among us and generosity beyond us, let us now devote time to reground into the deep and soulful energy that is within us. We do this by doing what is most simple and elemental in our lives. We take a breath. We inhale and exhale without rush or hurry. We breathe in and then we breathe out. There's nowhere else to go nowhere else to be and nothing else to do than to be here together now. We follow these words from Thich Nhat Hanh into our time of mindful silence. If we want to enter heaven on earth, we need only one conscious step and one conscious breath. Let us cultivate peace and experience presence in this quiet time together.
wherever it is that we are, whatever it is that we are doing, however it is that we are feeling, let us remember that peace and presence are always as close to us as is our own breath. May this be so for you in this moment. May it be so for you this day. And may it be so for you in the days to come. May it be so for all of us. When we gather in person, this is the time that we would dismiss the youngest members of our congregation to their time together in Youth Spirit. But these days, Youth Spirit is meeting on Zoom at 9 a.m. every Sunday. So for now, let's see. Miss Carol, are you there? Okay. Hi, everyone. It's Sandy uh, Tucker from HeartWorks. We are busy at work. We want you to know we miss all of you very much, and we're busy trying to do what we can to reach out to others. Hope you're well. Susan. Hello. I'm Susan Havens-Lang, and I'm on HeartWorks, and Interfaith Action Community, which is an interfaith Chester County group, and we're working on hunger and feeding the poor. Hope everyone's doing well. Hi, Jim and Barb. And, well, you can see that I'm recording right now. Also, is one of my jobs. <laughs> but also, both of us work a lot with the garden up at uh, Montgomery School. So we, we have a green thumb. But, Barb, do you want to say something? We are just waiting for all our vegetables and herbs to grow larger so we can help donate the uh, food to the different um, food banks around to help the people who are less fortunate right now in being able to have some food. Uh, Mary, you want to say something? Sure. Hi, guys. Um, my name is Mary Walker, and I, um, I'm i in charge of the Coats. I, I help out the Coatsville Police Department if they need some um projects done we try to help them in addition i just help whoever needs the help um i just work on other projects with them and i hope you guys stay safe and have a good summer okay thank you anna um hi my name is ann gale and i'm rather new to HeartWorks, and i help out in any way i can I, i'm connected a lot with the uh iac the interfaith action community in northern chester county and um, want to get into the garden and all sorts of all, all these good things that HeartWorks does. I hope you're, all of you are having a wonderful summer and enjoying your time outside in nature and the birds and the bees and everything else. Enjoy. Stay well. All right. Thank you. Kayla. Hi, I'm Kayla Western. I am fairly new to HeartWorks as well. I'm sort of a jack of all trades. I jump in needed. I helped fix a big garden fence. I delivered coats. I delivered a gift to the nursing home staff. And my latest project, I'm growing baby lettuce heads. <laughs> excellent, excellent. And, and um, Kimberly. Hi, I'm Kimberly McGarvey. I'm also fairly new to the group, and I try to support whatever is going on, uh, like Kayla, except I'm not growing baby lettuce heads. So. <laughs> I hope you guys, whoever, if you're graduating, congratulations. I hope you all have, you know, a fun summer and, and are able to make the best of all this quarantining. Excellent. Well, everyone, want a big shout-out? From HeartWorks. Have a great one. Bye-bye.
Hi everyone. I always like to say or think I want to say at the start of one of these recorded messages is good to see you, but we both know that's not happening right now. So what I can say authentically is it's good to be seen uh, by you. Um, and I do hope you're doing well in this moment. Uh, some of you know that uh, I get together annually with a group of friends that I've known for many years that we kind of tongue-in-cheek call our Mancation. Uh, Mancation 9, the ninth consecutive, was supposed to be this past spring, and I was supposed to host it here in Conchahokan, but because of, uh, you know, hashtag pandemic, it didn't happen. So I do look forward to when I can get back together with them safely. Uh, this group of friends... It's associated with a time in my life almost three decades ago when I was in divinity school in the early 90s and not all of this group of friends, kind of core group of five or six guys that show up every single year uh, for our vacation together went through the same program with me. And if I was going to describe how exactly we all came to know each other and got connected, it would involve like footnotes and, and, and flowcharts and bar graphs and no one has time for that. Uh, least of all me to put it together. So just suffice it to say, we're all really close friends after many years of knowing each other. Um, and when we have this yearly mancation, um, it does involve the core five or six of us, but it also involves what we like to call the yearly guest stars, who are kind of friends of friends, but we all know each other and we have a good time when we get together. Um, and so one of these special guest stars who showed up a few years ago, uh, he actually lived with a subset of my Mancation buddies in Boston in the mid to late uh, 90s. And the story goes, I'm about to tell you, one morning he came downstairs, uh, he wandered into the living room, into the TV room, uh, and uh, one of the guys was watching the movie that I'm preaching on today, Groundhog Day, and he said, uh, without missing a beat, just totally deadpan, every morning I come downstairs and Groundhog Day is on. And then he left the room, <laughs> which is a very kind of Groundhog Day uh, joke to make. And now uh, those of you who've been a part of Wellsprings for a while may be starting to think I can make uh, a joke about the fact that every time uh, Reverend Ken preaches Spirit Flicks, he preaches on Groundhog Day. Uh, and you have seen this show before to a certain extent. This is the second time that I am preaching on Groundhog Day. And it's for a particular reason. It's to address part of where we are right now in our lives. Uh, but even more so, it's that mm, the most sacred stories, and to me, Groundhog Day is very much a sacred story. It's got a deep spiritual message. Um, these most sacred stories, they keep coming around and around and around again in our lives and find us in different circumstances in our lives, and they invite us into continued growth challenge and development. And Groundhog Day has been coming up a lot these days, as you might know, in the midst of this pandemic, in the midst of COVID-19, with this repetitious nature of many of our days and sometimes uh, needing to be reminded what day is it exactly, because they can all blend together into at times a kind of sameness. And one of the things that's shown up is a particular meme that I'm going to share with you right now and we'll show on the screen. Um, about Groundhog Day, and uh, a person poses it on Twitter, this question. Okay, I have a question. How did the movie Groundhog Day finally shift to the next day for Bill Murray? And have we tried that yet? And someone answers, he breaks the cycle when he shifts the focus from himself to devoting himself to helping others. And yes, that's exactly how we get out of this. 
all of this. And so what I want to talk about today is that meme, or I want to unpack it a little bit and say it's not wrong, actually, it's quite right in many ways, but it's simply incomplete because it doesn't give us the depth of how the main character, Bill Murray's character, meteorologist named Phil Connors, how exactly he gets to that next day, how he gets to February 3rd. So when we first meet Phil Connors, who is in the business of prediction, that's what meteorologists do, that's what we turn to them for. What's the future going to contain? What's the future going to be about? It's a shift from a guy who very selfishly is always kind of to um, always kind of, kind of looking to the next thing, how we can get through, how we can get over, how we can get around. He's kind of a schemer, not really in many ways a very nice guy at all. It's about a guy who learns to go from predictions. That's why he's there in Puxatawney, uh, Pennsylvania, to get the mythological uh, groundhog's shadow. I always forget which one, no shadow or shadow, six more weeks of winter or not, but you can all Google it right now if you want to, and it might be showing up in the comment thread underneath because you guys are smarty pants and you'll know that. Uh, so anyway, the story of Phil Connors is of a guy who uh, has to live Groundhog Day over and over and over again. And he goes through a whole bunch of different stages and steps to understanding what's happening to him. At first, it's shock, as any of us would be shocked if the same day kept literally repeating itself over and over and over again. And then because he is kind of a selfish, self-centered jerk, he uses this repetition to escape all consequences of his actions, kind of like what's that great old Sex Pistols line, uh, when there's no future, there cannot be sin. He kind of fully inhabits that and he indulges all this taste and he's kind of a sexist as well too. And so he uses it to become a really kind of a skeevy womanizer. Um, he's really unpalatable. Uh, and what his character finds is that no matter how much he indulges all of his kind of base desires, it doesn't make him happy and the day keeps repeating no matter how egocentric he is. It actually just makes it worse for him. At times he enters into a kind of despair eventually. He even tries to end his life, but even that doesn't work. At some points he thinks he's a god, that he can control things, but there are certain things that he cannot control. Yes, there are no consequences of his actions seemingly because he just wakes up every day after going to sleep on February 2nd again. And that despair kind of starts to deepen him a little bit. There's a, a recurring character, an old man who's come to the end of his life and Phil Connors starts to care about him. You can see his heart starting to spark a little bit and come alive and Phil Connors starts to care about him. He starts to be very kind to this old man who appears to be uh, impoverished as well, too homeless. And he gives him extra soup, he feeds him, he tries to make his last day on earth uh, pleasant and he tries to save him, but he just can't. And you see in that moment that Phil Connors is starting to wake up to a life that is bigger than him. And still, it goes on and on and on, day after day, month after month, year after year. It is always February 2nd again. The core kind of psychological, spiritual meaning of Groundhog Day for me is all about realizing one's karma the causes and the consequences and the causes and the consequences to lead us that lead us into our current state of being and then we can fully realize our karma we can change and experience grace 
the grace of a, of a new beginning, which is ultimately what Phil Connors is able to experience when he goes from wanting to predict or get around everything to beginning to practice real presence with his life, which leads him into connection with other people. Now, in the movie, it's estimated that he was reliving the same day for 10 years. And some of you might know that the original script written by uh, a serious uh, a Buddhist had him reliving that same day for 10,000 years. 10,000 is a really uh, big number in Buddhism. It kind of signifies everything. The 10,000 things, that means everything in the world. And what happens with kind of Phil Connors' Pilgrim's progress is that he accepts eventually this invitation that if you can't get out of it, you might as well get into it. And he begins to inhabit the presence of this repetitious life fully. There is the final or kind of penultimate segment, the second to last segment in the movie, in which we see what turns out to be his final February 2nd. And we see a guy who is living a fully realized life, who is not so much focused anymore on getting through to the next day or getting over or getting around or trying to get one over on someone else or exploit them or use them for his own selfish purposes. But this is a guy who has become an accomplished pianist and now can ice sculpt and is there to benefit all the other people in the town. He saves people over and over again. Ultimately, what Phil Connors learns, and this is a lesson for us too, that if we can't get out of it, we can get so fully into it, and ultimately, this is how he and we can get out of it. You see, the moments when the inspiration uh, for his learning how to play piano and become expert at it starts, he's just sitting in the coffee shop one day, as you can see him starting to mellow and become kind of a more decent, kind person. And he hears piano music in the back. And you get this sense of this thought, this curiosity, like what would it be like to use this time to develop this gift? And what the movie only shows us for a certain amount of time is actually the most important part of the movie. All those days, all those years, in which he didn't know what would happen any longer. And he kept after his life anyway. He kept after his gifts development, his skills development, his caring about people every single day. It is such a perfect analog or teaching about the value of spiritual practice. Showing up not because we think we're necessarily going to get anything out of it, but because we want to become a certain kind of person. Awake and aware, and connected. And that's what that meme that I read you early on kind of misses. Because yes, he does become devoted to the service of other people, but he does it through fully inhabiting his own life. And ultimately, that's what sets him free. That's what allows him to see February 3rd. And so just for a moment now, what I'd like to ask you to do is to uh, think of uh, what we might call a culmination day in your life, a, a day of great achievement or kind of a capstone day or a, a day where you feel fully, you feel fully uh, realized. Something's come to fruition. So maybe it's a 
wedding day or a graduation day or a day of a new job or a day where you finished a huge significant project in your life or maybe anything else. I'm just asking you to pause for just a moment. I'm going to get a drink of water while you do this. Maybe just close your eyes and think. What's that culmination day for me? Okay, maybe you have one now. And what I want you to try to imagine are all the days that led up to that. All the not so special, unrecognized, unvalorized, kind of not terribly important, or maybe you think they're not all important, maybe even boring days that made that culmination day possible. All those days of work, dedication, Devotion, the days when no one else was necessarily uh, watching, but you kept at it, and that made the culmination day possible. I think this is particularly important right now in our lives, at this moment, at this time of being alive. Depending on our age, you may have the feeling that you've been here before. If you're older than me, you may have the sense of, I remember this in 1968, tumult and change and uh, unrest and maybe the promise of transformation. Or maybe for some of us, if you're my age, you remember 1992 and Rodney King and not just Rodney King, but you remember what was revealed about the deep, systemically awful state. I remember Daryl Gates, I think his name was, that police chief, and all the awful things he said and, and believed and did and how he formed the LAPD in his own image and militarized it. And it wasn't just we realized about Rodney King and his beating and his mistreatment. Or, or maybe you think of just a few years back and Ferguson or, or, or Freddie Gray in Baltimore. Regardless... Now we know certain names really close to our heart. May they rest in peace. May they rest in power. Breonna Taylor, Ahmad Arbery, and of course George Floyd. And many of us right now, we are as focused on the original and ongoing American sin of white supremacy as we have ever been. And it is so powerful and potentially so promising. Right now, we're focused there. And it feels like maybe we might keep the focus there and not all those times in the past when we felt like something might transform and we won't transmit our pain forward of this culture that values some of us, but absolutely not all of us, especially not those with black and brown skin. And so our focus is here right now. But at some point, something will, something else might capture some of our attention. The next shiny object, the next thing to say, ooh, look over there, a squirrel. <laughs> and will we just move on? At least some of us, especially the people like me, white-skinned folks who really need to do the work. Will we get distracted or will we get bored? And then the next time, God forbid, we hope it doesn't happen, but the next time, if it happens, when there is another George Floyd and we say, my God, how could this happen? And we think, oh yeah, 
we missed the focus this time because we didn't keep on paying attention. All of us right now, especially those of us who have white skin, those of us who, like me, we are white, there is an invitation to do work at a deeper, more sustained level to get uncomfortable, to be uncomfortable, to really deconstruct our whiteness and commit to anti-racism and have the challenging conversations and feel vulnerable and feel like we don't always know what we're doing and not look to people of color for validation, but to commit to ourselves and to the other people who are doing this work that because it is so important, this pain that we don't want to pay forward any longer, that we will engage in it and stay engaged in it. That we might recognize what's the word, what's the title, the Nelson Mandela's autobiography, No Easy Walk to Freedom. It's not easy. It is a marathon. It is not a sprint. And it will require us to stay engaged for a long time. And at this point of the message, I've kind of you know, shared a challenge, an opportunity, a chance for transformation, invitation for all of us, myself included, absolutely. I am not expert in this. Very far from it. I mess up all the time. Typically, this is where I'd share a story, kind of, you know, uh, beginning, middle, end, or at least something that feels like an end to kind of cast a vision for this is what it can look like. But actually, I think that would get in the way of what I'm trying to say, that right now we're in the middle of the story and we got to be willing to stay in February 2nd for a long time if we want to fully realize the karma of what has led us to this time and to this place so that we can finally merit the grace of a new beginning. We cannot get impatient with too many February 2nds yearning, hoping, wanting, when is February 3rd coming? When is February 3rd coming? Instead, we're in the middle of the story. And so what I would offer you today instead of a story is an image. Something that happens that a number of you wellspringers first brought to my attention. That is kind of like a marathon, but it's actually more like a marathon plus. It's something called the Ragnar Relay, which is a relay race for longer than marathon length that a team of adults runs together. As I understand it, there's kind of wristbands that function as a baton and when they've gotten to the end of their portion and then they'll go and rest before they themselves as individuals go and run another leg of the journey, they will kind of touch batons with the next teammate and they'll take it from there. I think the segments are anywhere between 3 and 12 miles. And for those of you who have kind of piqued my own interest if I were to get back into running to want to run a Ragnar Relay. Um, what you've given me a sense of, you know, not everyone's running the same pace. You're not all running under the same conditions, the same weather conditions. It may rain, it may be sunny, it may be night. Uh, some of you, when I've talked to you about what it's like when you are running literally in the middle of the night, your leg perhaps, if you come up to the schedule at that time, it can get somewhat lonely. But what I've heard from some of you is that you also remember that you're part of a team and that you're connected. That maybe you're not all running the race in the same way, in the same exact way, but you're all connected and devoted to running that race. I think of now as a Ragnar relay time of being alive. We don't have to do this work alone. We do have to do our individual work. I know from running distance races on my own in the past that 
especially when it would get painful, the worst thing, the least skillful thing for me to do was just to start focusing on the prediction. When am I going to be done? When am I going to be done? When's the finish line? When's February 3rd? And to return myself to the present moment with one conscious step and one conscious breath. To seriously commit ourselves to this work of anti-racism. To move out of the business of predictions and into the business of presence and holding a vision. That is the originators of Black Lives Matter tell us, and I believe them fully, that when it is finally true that Black Lives Matter in this country, when there is peace and justice, when Black Lives Matter then finally in this country, all lives will matter. And there will be peace and justice in a new way that we have never experienced before in this country. And so I want to end with a quote from the Indian author Arundhati Roy. And she wrote this at a time earlier in the pandemic, but I think it's even more true now. It's even more true now in this time of the necessary challenge of making black lives fully matter in this country. She says, we can see this pandemic time as a portal, a gateway between one world and the next. She says, we can choose to walk through it, dragging the carcasses of our prejudice and hatred. We can walk through it, dragging our avarice, our data banks and dead ideas, our dead rivers and smoky skies behind us. Or we can walk through this time lightly, with little luggage, ready to imagine another world, and ready to fight for that other world. May we recognize in this time of realizing painfully, necessarily painfully, our national collective karma of white supremacy what it is like to do the work that will allow a new grace of true belonging for all of us to finally be. Amen. And may you live in blessing. I wonder if you would please join your heart with mine in a time of prayer. A deep and abiding spirit of love that calls us into the fullness of our being. May we recognize in this moment when the shaking of the foundations is happening, that that shaking of the foundations is happening for a reason. That the appearance of peace without justice is neither. That the opportunity before us is to grow into the fullness of our being, our being alive individually and collectively, so that our words, our systems, our structures may finally, finally reflect some of our deep, deepest, most noble aspirations as human beings. And may we recognize that this will only come about by doing the work before us right now, by staying focused, and by being willing to fight for it, fighting truly in the name of that broader, all-encompassing love 
that is our birthright. Every single one of us. Amen.
Now is the time in our service where we extinguish the chalice and we remind ourselves that although this light goes out, the light does not. And we say these words together. As we release this flame from its faithful service today, we allow the spark in each of us to burn on, to warm our compassion, to fire our delight, to light our paths today, tomorrow, and always. And so what I'd like to invite you to do now, or in just a few minutes from now, is to please join in our annual meeting. It's still coffee hour by another name, and that I'm sure you're going to be drinking coffee. Uh, but it's an important opportunity to reflect on where we are as a congregation. I look forward to seeing you there. I'm headed over there right now myself. May you be well, may you be safe, may you be connected to that which is most important to you and to all of us. Take care.